1: Visit HyundaiUSA.com
2: or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
1: Welcome welcome to Warrior's Wrap-Up. Brad wrap Curry takes another three, it's up and good! He's got 62! On it's the game. Has to Wiseman off the pick and he flies it for a dunk. Jam! Oh, by Ubre! He caught it! restricted area and slam it home with a left hand. Here's John Dickinson and Ryan Covey
0: Covey. Raptors will hold this and this is
1: over. This is finally over. Well with no Curry no Draymond Green. The Warriors just did not have the fight on the back end of the back to back. And in the middle quarters they were outscored 81 to 30. They lose by 53. It's the second worst loss
0: in franchise history. Well, there you have it. Tim Roy telling the story of this one tonight uh, in Tampa as the Warriors lose 130 to 77. That's right. Uh, I did not misspeak, Ryan Covey. 130 to 77. Eighty-one to thirty in the middle two quarters, as Tim Roy laid out. No Draymond, no Steph. I mean, where do you even begin? Uh, on, uh, uh, what is the first thing that stands out to for you on a on a night like this?
1: Pathetic effort. I mean, just across the board, it's it's on everyone. Uh, to be perfectly honest, and I know we've thrown around the phrase when you know the warriors have taken a bad loss this year burn the tape i want this tape burned into their retinas forever so they never forget this this is this is unacceptable to me and this isn't just getting beat shorthanded uh, by a good basketball team the raptors have been putrid and you lost to a basketball team that has been losing to everybody under the sun. So yeah, it's this is embarrassing for the Golden State Warriors. And you hope, JD. I know there's uh, you know the expression it's always darkest before the dawn, right? And um, I'm I'm just hoping that this is. That moment that darkness right before the dawn where this team starts to turn things around the problem is you know we still have 20 something 24 games left in this regular season uh, you know Steve Kerr is gonna be looking for answers the team's three games under 500 they keep slipping in the uh, in the standings and you know at, at some point there needs to be some accountability in this organization for this team's lack of competitiveness eight
0: at eight nine five seven nine five seven zero triple eight 957-957-0. it's warriors wrap up here on 95 7 the game the warriors are three games under 500 for the first time this season now 23 and 26 they are four and 11 in the last 15 games they are one and seven now without stephen curry and uh, the Sacramento Kings, if they can beat the Lakers in a game that's uh, set to start in Sacramento here in about 15 minutes, uh, they will overtake the Warriors uh, by virtue of a couple of tiebreakers for the 10th and final slot in the play-in tournament. So this thing is is out of control a little bit, and the, the one concern that I have, and we've talked about this a lot in this time where the Warriors have had to play without Stephen Curry, the biggest takeaway for me is they played like a team that didn't believe they had a shot tonight. And and because of that, they, they just did they just phoned it in. I mean after the first quarter. I mean it was it was you play a quarter, you kind of get thumped a little bit in the second quarter, and then you completely collapse and call it a a, a night and and on to the next. And this is now the third straight game without Stephen Curry going back to the Atlanta game and the Sacramento game before that, where it's felt like the Warriors players that were available to them made a conscious decision that they weren't good enough to even continue to compete. And that, to me, is a major problem, and that leads down the path of making me wonder you know, if you're if you're gonna do that now, what makes you think that you can flip a switch once Stephen Curry is healthy and comes back and and make the kind of run that you're gonna have to make? Like the standings say that you can do it. And, and we know who's been out of the lineup but but to me when you make that decision that you're just gonna tap out and the warriors did tonight you've got bigger
1: bigger issues huge issues and and look I, I know that there's you know a certain segment of the population out there listening to this saying look it's one game they're rolling their eyes they're saying you guys are being melodramatic and you know things aren't as bad as they seem but here's the reality like this is professional sports okay and just because one player's out or two players or whatever it is is like it's not even so much that the team would lose. It's I know the difference between a team that's putting out effort, a team that's that's competing, and maybe just doesn't have enough talent versus a team that's just not showing up and is indifferent about the results. I hope that that's not true about a bunch of these guys. You know, the, the Kelly Oubres of the world who seem to have some competitive spirit. Uh, I, I hope that that's not the case about him. Certainly, I hope it's not the case about James Wiseman because if it is, the Warriors screwed that number two pickup up. Royally, um, but the the proof's in the pudding. You know, professional sports, JD. It's a meritocracy, right? You what you put into it will show up. Okay, and if you're not putting in max effort, that's going to show up as well. And this Warriors team, if they showed up at the uh, at this arena tonight thinking, well, because Steph wasn't playing, uh, we didn't have a shot, then shame on them, and they don't belong on this basketball team because. You can't tell me that, oh, you can compete for 12 minutes with uh, with the Raptors, and it wasn't a one-point game after a quarter, but then the Toronto Raptors laid it on you so hard for the next two quarters, and you just couldn't find a way past that stifling defense. Uh, I mean, it's it's embarrassing, and, you know, it, it, it speaks to having a little bit of, of personal pride, having some professional pride in that logo on your jersey, and this idea that you know, the Warriors can maybe flip the switch next year. Like, when I see results like this, J.D., not only is the, the championship run over, like, it might be over for this team being a playoff team. And again, I don't want to be totally dramatic, but I'm sorry, you can't lose like this. And they've had losses like this before where they just totally no-show, and guys basically quit. To I've seen enough of this now to think, you know what? Like, this is maybe just who they are, and if that's the case, this franchise is in big trouble. Yeah
0: and it's going to send everybody down the road toward a conversation that I think is going to get uncomfortable for some because the the question that's going to be posed now is is it even worth it for this team to make the playoffs and I know we've gone back and forth about it and it, you know I, we both think that there is a, a value to it but I wonder you know for a Warriors organization that tends to you know, believe that they are more forward thinking and and ahead of you know ahead of the curve in terms of player development and 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 trying to you know build a, a franchise back to a championship caliber level I, I wonder what the internal conversations are going to be with respect to does there come a point in time where fighting for that uh, play in tournament slot is worth it or Because it was ugly tonight, because the record is starting to slip away, are we two or three games away? And I'm not saying we're necessarily there yet, but are we two or three games away from the decision being, you know what, Stephen Curry's just going to shut it down, and the Warriors are going to take their chances at trying to get maybe two top 10 picks as opposed to just making sure they hang on to their own and taking their chances, rolling the dice with that Minnesota pick.
1: Yeah. And if they think, you know, a couple, even a couple of top 10 picks right now are going to be enough to turn this thing around. You look at the way that their payroll is constructed. And I know Steph's contracts coming up, but you know, in all likelihood, both parties are going to want to make sure that that, that deal gets consummated and Steph sticks around. But, even if you've got you know young players on this basketball team next year uh, you know the the core is going to be steph clay Draymond Wiggins, like those are the big four. Unless they make a big trade, which hey, look, if this thing gets off the rails, you know, in the final twenty plus games of the season, maybe Bob Myers is going to feel like he has to do something uh, this offseason to shake things up and change the the dynamic of this basketball team. But it's going to be on those guys. Look, they, the, when the Warriors made the decision to extend these guys, give Draymond Green a four year extension, you know, Clay got his extension. Nobody had a problem with it at the time, and that's fine. Um, but you know, teams get themselves in a bit of a sticky situation when. You you know, it's, it's the old uh, Bill Walsh adage, you know, moving off a guy a year too late rather than a year too soon. Um, so I'm not saying it's, it's the wrong thing to do. These guys wanted to stick around. They had earned the right to, to give this thing another shot. But – regardless of who your number, you know, 10 pick is, if you're the 10th pick in the draft or maybe you get Minnesota's 5th pick, those guys will still even be developmental pieces to a large degree. The the short term and I'm talking like the next year or two, that that hope and that success is hinging on Steph, Clay, Draymond, Wiggins. As long as those four guys are still wearing Warriors uniforms, period point blank, it's on them alright
0: eight eight nine you You're listening to 95.7 The Game, KGMZ-FM, and HD1 San Francisco and Odyssey Sports Station. Hey, Let's get to the phone calls. Uh, it was like trying to pass an act of Congress to, to figure out if that read was correct on the dock. I'll just let you behind <laughs> the curtain a little <laughs> you, bit. You got over the last th- <laughs> Over the last three minutes. Uh, uh, let's get to Coach and Vallejo. Coach, you're up first here as people want to squawk with us. Ugly, ugly night for the Warriors. Hey, guys.
2: Thanks a lot. And uh, Just like you guys, uh, yeah, I'm hurting, and this was totally embarrassing for professional ball players. I mean, most college teams would not get blown out by almost 60 points by Toronto. So this is totally unacceptable. But I want to talk about James Wiseman, okay? And I, I keep hearing about the potential. He needs room to grow and look at the other big men or whatever. But I just have a question for you guys, and I want your honest answer. What phase of the game do you think Wiseman is going to be dominant in? Because right now, he's not even showing potential of being dominant in any part of a
0: big man game. Well, here, here's where he needs to be, coach. It's got to be pick and roll. It's got to be running the floor for dunks. It's got to be attacking the glass. It's got to be getting in the dunker spot to where if teams help in other areas, you lob it to them. And and we've seen a handful of games this year, and thanks for the call, coach, where Wiseman has excelled in those things. The Warriors have found themselves between a rock and a hard place, in part because of the personnel that's been on the floor lately. But they've found themselves not getting him the ball a lot in those positions that I just mentioned. There's a lot of, you know, isos for 15-foot jumpers and dumping it down to him in the post and having him go to work. And, you know, to me, it's it's a combination of he is trying to gain confidence by learning the things that he does well, but it's also a combination of the Warriors aren't putting him in a, the best position to do those things well. And then the third part of it is, and I think this is the biggest part of what we've seen these last maybe week and a half to two weeks when Steph's been out and he's been back in there playing more. I, I think it, it's kind of akin to the stops and starts of, all right, you're playing with this group, now you're not. Now you're playing with this group, now you're not. Like, I, I think playing with lesser talent right now is hurting him. Uh, and, and I think that's making it harder for him to, to, to develop at this point. And that's another added benefit toward, in my opinion, moving forward trying to win as much as you can and get your best players on the court as much as you possibly can.
1: Yeah, look, it's been a cluster F uh, for James Wiseman. And all it does, too, is is add more fuel to the you know the notion that the Warriors aren't uh, adept at developing young players. And, you know, I I think we could all see the reasons when, you know, they're playing for NBA titles, you know, why the emphasis wasn't on young player development. But, you know, when you have a number two overall pick and you're trying to, you know, I'm not going to say keep a championship window, light, but just keep a team relevant. Uh, and, and, you know, he, and Wiseman being such an important part of that, all of a sudden, player development becomes massively important, and and I think you know by and large the Warriors have done a pretty poor job this year uh, with Wiseman. It's on him. It's on the organization. There's also a lot a lot of other factors at play. Um, look, here's the deal, though, man. They knew when they drafted him, they were drafting a kid that had played three college games. So, uh, you know, to me, that's not an excuse. Um, you know, as to a, a, another reason why maybe he's a little bit further behind. It might be a reason, and that's fine. I've always found the need to differentiate between a reason and an excuse. Um, but you know, there's been plenty of things outside of his control but plenty of things within the organization and you know just Wiseman himself needs to take some ownership of this like I've maintained the last couple of weeks not only are we not seeing improvement we're, we're seeing regression and yeah sure he'll have some moments here and there because clearly he's naturally very skilled he's very talented but life comes at you quick in the NBA. It's a physical game, you know, and th- these th- this is a grown man's game out there. And, and James Wiseman hasn't grown into his uh, his grown man feet yet. So um, until he does, it's going to be an uphill struggle. And, you know, collectively, this organization doesn't have a whole hell of a lot of answers right now as to, you know, what's going to be the best way to bring him along. And then if I could say, too, um, you know, if you're looking to veteran leadership on that bench, well, Draymond Green coming out yesterday and saying, you know, he's not worried about the playing tournament. He only, you know, he hates losing this and That, but then all of a sudden, what he has got a a pinky sprain because Steph Curry isn't playing. Sorry, that message doesn't land very well with the uh, the young the young players either. That just sends the wrong message across the board. Yeah, and we're going to hear from Steve Kerr
0: as he explained what happened with Draymond as well. I'm with you on the messaging as far as he comes out and says what he did about not being all that into the play-in tournament or motivated by it. Then you've got Steve Kerr who says pregame today that he disagrees with Draymond's take on it. But then it also goes back to something else that we've talked a lot about this year. It's the mixed messaging. It's what are the goals? It's Steve Curran one night, you know, like tonight saying, I disagree with Draymond. You know, it matters to me, essentially. But then we go back a couple of months ago in early February, and Steve Kerr is talking after a close loss to the Spurs that, that they're not chasing wins by playing, Steve, you know, Stephen Curry a couple of extra minutes in a game that, that would be winnable. So all of these things from earlier in the year are now impacting the now, and it's a reason why this Warriors team is at a low point. Uh, figuratively, And literally, the Warriors are at a low point for this 2020-21 season, uh, losing tonight by uh, 53 in a game that they trailed by 61. And it wasn't, I mean, anytime you're down by 61, it's ugly. It was 121-60. to they were they were literally doubled on the scoreboard plus one. One twenty-one to sixty. Let's get to Igor in the city. Eight 957 eight, nine five seven, nine five seven zero. This is a night for Warriors fans to vent. Let it rip. What what what's on your mind? What do you got to get off your chest as far as this team? And and what do you want to see them do moving forward here now with three uh twenty-three games to go? Igor, uh you're on ninety-five-seven the game.
3: Um Hey, hey guys, mentally they soft right now. Um, like the and like they don't have no hunger. I didn't see any hunger. You know? Like, I understand what you're saying, Kove, with, with Draymond, but if he was really hurt, he was hurt. But at the same time, as an NBA player, as a high school basketball player, playing pickup games, it's not cool to get skunked. Or blown out by fifty, like that—that that comes down to that. Don't come down to X's and O's. That come down to pride, and I really hope Steve Kerr. You know, he's a nice guy, but I really hope he's ripping somebody's, you know, behind tonight over that. It's no what I don't. And then another thing is, i just gonna say this one last thing. James Wiseman, we can see the talent, we can see the promise, but like the soaking. Bro, you got to, like, and I've been a fan of his as far as, like, just letting him, you know, you got to grow in pains. But, bro, like, you got to grow up at some point. We need you to play more aggressive. Okay, you may foul. Okay, you're a rookie. But just go play hard because what happens is this. When Detroit Pistons played hard, you can't call every foul. You can't call every foul that Draymond Green, Dennis Rodman, is giving you. So if you play hard naturally, what's going to happen is the ref is going to adjust to your game. Yeah. Not the other way around. Wiseman is playing so soft that he's like picking and choosing like when he want to play hard. No, bro. You need to play like Dennis Rodman, and Ben Wallace every time. That's all we yeah. need from you. Give us the rebounds Thanks. and go. If you want to score, go
0: get the ball. Appreciate the call. Uh, You know what? Let's 888-957-9570. A quick thought to you, Covey, and then we got Tony in Oakland we want to get to, and then uh, we'll hear from Steve Kerr on on the big points here that we've been discussing over the last 20 minutes.
1: I agree with Igor. (laughs) Like, that's – I mean, just bottom line. James uh, Weissman, you're going to need to grow up quick. And, you know, again, like the organization hasn't done him a lot of favors this year, but uh, if you have enough talent to be the number two overall pick – um you know you need to grow up quick in the nba and the sulking stuff isn't going to cut it um and i I like james Wiseman as a human being as a talent as a prospect um but he's gonna this is hopefully going to be the stuff that you know he looks back on and says man that was that was when things were really hard and i used that as motivation to get this thing turned around collectively this team needs to do that and individually james Wiseman needs to do that all right tony in oakland you're up next here on warriors
0: wrap up what's up tony
4: yeah, it was uh, it was pretty hard to watch today. And you know what? I, I, it's, gonna, it's gonna pain me for me to say this. I think Steve Kerr has lost the team. Uh, I don't know what exactly is, but I just get that feeling. They're not responding to it. anytime you come out and say we're gonna make a run, and you lose by over 50. And then Draymond says, oh, "I don't really care about the playoffs." In so many words, I don't know if he has the team. Uh, I don't I really not care. Not really. Uh, understanding his offensive philosophy, having too many guys out of position, especially Wiseman. Wiseman needs to get his hands, his feet, and heart together this summer. It's going to be a big summer for him. And then Bob Myers, got to do a better job of drafting, man. We've seen the combination of of your draft picks, uh, what's going on today. It shouldn't be this bad. So I can only hope these guys turn it around. I'm uh, I'm not losing faith, but uh, (laughs) today didn't look good. So I just want to get you guys' opinion on that.
0: Yeah, appreciate the call, Tony. It, 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 was, it was ugly. There, there's no other way around it. And, look, X's and O's, it, to me, tonight's not about X's and O's. I mean, tonight's about effort. Tonight's about going out, and you know what? If you don't have it, lose by 25. Don't right. lose by 53 and get down by 61, even even against a team that had lost 13 of 14 and 15 of 17. Like, go out and, and have it look like a normal – bad game, blowout, loss, where you don't have your two best players. Have it look like that. Don't have it become what it became. So for me, it's not about X's and O's or anything like that tonight. Uh, it, it is alarming, though, for any circumstances, uh, You know, regardless of what they are as far as who's playing and who's not, when a coach comes out and, and, and says that, and there is such little effort Uh, I mean, that that is a major concern. And again, plugging guys in and taking them out is easier said than done. It's just as this thing has gone on without Stephen Curry, it's almost like this team has accepted the fact that they've got no shot to win a game against anybody in this league without him. And that is extremely
1: alarming. Yeah, it speaks to culture. I mean, straight up, yeah. Steph's important. Every basketball team in the NBA's got their star players, the ones that still show up and bring their lunch pail, even when those star players aren't there, or maybe in the uh, you know the rare nights that they're not at their best. uh, Other guys show up, and I totally agree, JD. There's a difference between losing this game by 13 points, like you know to to the Raptors, just because you didn't have your guys, and you know Siakam got rolling, and you know they were desperate for a win, and they just outplayed you in their gym. This is something completely different. I hope. J.D., that this is a watershed moment for the organization, where they do a little bit of soul searching collectively. I thought after Steve Kerr's contentious mood last night that maybe it would be message received. I mean, I couldn't have been more wrong. I also wasn't anticipating Draymond uh, tapping out right before the uh, the opening tip, and you know, I've got some thoughts on that as well. But you know, regardless, however we got here, you just hope, like I mentioned, that this is that moment where things really start to sink in of where this organization is at, how far they've fallen, and more to the point, what the hell they need to do to start climbing back out of it.
0: Uh, let, 888 Let's hear from Steve Kerr about Draymond specifically because we, we've both uh, addressed this and, and because Steve Kerr did explain in the post-game Zoom session what was going on with Draymond Green tonight and why he was held out after initially being good to go.
1: He tried to warm up and it was bad he could barely hold on to the ball so it was an easy
2: decision when he told us that and uh, you know, he tried to give it a go you know just before the game in warm-ups by you know really accelerating everything and he he told me he was willing to play but i i told him not to play he, if he couldn't couldn't catch the ball with his left hand he's not playing
0: so couldn't catch the ball with his left hand not playing i mean that that does paint a, a little bit of a different light there i mean do you think that's Kerr protecting Draymond in this situation now i mean it's been a it's been an interesting back and forth between those two over the years But, I mean, if he can't catch the ball with his left hand and he said he wanted to go
1: and Kerr holds him out, you know, does that change the conversation for you? I mean, I'm not much for conspiracy theories, J.D., so I, I suppose... But it's just it's ironic how quickly things changed, right? I mean, you know, we heard what Draymond was probable, you know, leading up to the opening tip, and then all of a sudden he's not playing. So I don't know. It it seems a little it seems a little hokey to me. Um, I would hope that this organization wasn't covering for him in the sense that you know, it, 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 here's the deal. I, I feel like there's a couple different ways you can look at this. One could be they've made a decision, and I'm talking Draymond, Bob, and 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 Steve. Like, hey, look, we know you know on nights where Steph's not playing, we probably don't have much of a shot anyway. So we're going to keep you out. Um, You know, we don't want to say that publicly. So, you know, we're going to find, you know, some convenient reasons. I sure hope that that's not the case. And I hope that Draymond wants to be out there playing. The timing is just funky to me, J.D. You know, I mean, he's probable. Then all of a sudden he can't catch a ball and he's not going out there. And it just happens to coincide in a night where Steph Curry's not playing. Yeah, the only just from a, a timing standpoint of that, the one thing as far as back
0: to backs go uh, that I will say, just to just to add to the conversation, is typically when a team has a back-to-back, there and especially now in the pandemic times, there wouldn't be any time that Draymond would actually be out and have a basketball in his hand until he goes out to warm up. And the time at which he would go out to warm up, Draymond, back in the days where we could go watch, would be one of the later players to warm up. So, in essence, you could have and I'm, I'm speaking just in, in general terms, you could have Steve Kerr meet with the media like he did today, let's say at 2.30, and he could say, yeah, Draymond's good to go, but then Draymond goes out there at 3.15 or 3.30 to warm up in the early warm-up, and he can't catch the ball with his left hand, and then it's like Steve says, well, I'm not playing you then if you can't catch the ball with your left hand. So in theory, that is probable. I I, I would say – that would be a context where that it it could happen i'm i'm backing up what you're saying about it not being you know some kind of a conspiracy or something hinky going on when i say that
1: I just hope not. I mean, honestly, I, I sure hope not. And I hope that after the, what Draymond said last night, he wanted to be out there playing tonight. But there just seems to be this pattern of, uh, uh, there, of there being a correlation between Steph's availability and, and Draymond's desire. I'll, I'll just put it to you like that. So um, hopefully, you know, we, we know Steph's playing on Sunday. Hopefully, Draymond can play on Sunday as well. And, you know, this team can maybe find a way to get this thing turned around. Um, but the timing was a little peculiar to me. And I Either way, I I would, you know, I even said it on the pregame, our our extended pregame show today, J.D., that, you know, I I wanted to see Draymond Green out there leading with his play, not with his words, uh, even on a night where Steph Curry wasn't playing. Didn't happen. Okay, fine. I'll take Steve Curry at his word that Draymond's banged up. Doesn't make it any easier to swallow because I wanted to see it. And, oh, yeah, um, you know, probably could have used him tonight because, well, you lost by 60. Let's get to D at Oakland. D
0: is next on Warriors wrap-up on 95.7 The Game. Hey, D.
1: Hey,
2: how are you guys doing? All right. Um, Good. I want to kind of uh, chime in on what Tony was talking about from Oakland. Uh, I actually think Steve Kerr has lost control over the team. It looks like they're going in a negative direction right now. And it seems like either him or Draymond doesn't really fit for that organization anymore. Is he, there, there's... There's something going on there where there's not a dedication like I think there should be from the leadership. And uh, Draymond, I, I actually think uh, the Warriors maybe need another type of coach right now. I know it sounds crazy to even say this because I'm a big curve fan, but I'm actually looking at the youngsters on the Warriors and thinking, like, we're not developing them well, right? We're not we're not teaching them the right defensive you know strategies we're not we're not developing these guys we no longer have a Sean Livingston or a Barbosa or Equodalat coming off the bench and these young guys seem like they're lost right now and they're lost because then our leadership our leaders that are supposed to be on the floor teaching them they want to take vacations during the season I, i'm
0: not Thanks for the call. Where, yep, go ahead D. Oh, D's gone. Sorry about. That. Sorry, D. I didn't mean to jump in there. I thought you were wrapping up the call. Eight 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 nine five seven nine five seven zero. Here, here's the deal for me on Kirk Covey. Uh, I don't know that the Warriors actually have enough young players to develop. Where. You'd go down that road as far as thinking you need a you, know, you need a coach and a coaching staff that maybe is better at developing young players. Like to me, if you're if you're even thinking about this, and I'm not saying the Warriors are, but if you were even thinking about that, you are also at that point saying you're rebuilding. And at that point, it's like you can't because if you're going to have Clay Thompson come back and Steph Curry's going to be around and Draymond's still going to be around, and I know D's saying, well, maybe there's a question there, but the goal is got to be you're either going to break it down and develop and be, or you're going to add veteran players and try and get back to where you were to me you're I, I, you're more apt to go try and make the team better than you are to develop the young guys if you will because really and and this is this is just like we're talking about James Wiseman like when we're talking about the young guys like okay. I think we need to I think we all need a reality check. Here. We're, we're talking about Wiseman we're not talking about Poole we're not talking about Mannion we're not talking about Pascal. Like, and that doesn't mean that those players won't have nice careers or be in the rotation at some point but we're talking about James Wiseman like he is really truly in many ways the one player that matters among the young guys because James Wiseman was the number two pick in the draft he's seven feet tall he has the raw talent to be a dominant-type player in the league moving forward, that's the youngster that needs to get developed and, 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 and made into something. Jordan Poole can be a rotation player, and, you know, that, that, that's fine. I mean, he'll – you know, Nico Mannion can come along. But when we talk about development, Covey, and, right. and, we're not talking about – the Warriors are not the Oklahoma City Thunder or even the Sacramento Kings, for crying out loud, that have these young players to develop. They got a bunch of veterans and wise men
1: right yeah Steph Curry 45.7 million next year Klay Thompson 37.9 Andrew Wiggins 31.5 Draymond Green 24 James Weissman 9.1 the Warriors have a ton of salary allocated not just next year but for future seasons Klay Thompson's 83 million on the books Wiggins 33 million Draymond Green 53 million uh, even after next season so you know the reality is uh, this is a team that's not in a rebuilding mode they They hoped that they were in a retooling mode, and you're 100% right. It's all hinging around James Wiseman. And look, if you're talking about a coach to lead a veteran team with playoff aspirations, and I'll say championship aspirations because that's the goal. I'm not saying that's where they're at right now, but I think Steve Kerr's resume kind of speaks for itself in that regard. So um, if they have to have a shift in the plan, then maybe you know you think about a shift in the coach, but you're right. It's about James Wiseman. He's a number two overall pick. What will become of him is going to go a long way towards deciding what becomes of this next iteration of the Golden State Warriors. Let's get to Bond Bond is up
0: next here on Warrior's wrap up. Hey Bond. Hello, how are you? Good. It, hello, can you he- hear me? Can you hear me? We got you. Yep, we got you. Yeah. It's Poppycock. I watched that game. Poppycock. All right, you're done. See ya. See ya Bond. See ya. See you later. 889579570. Uh Matt in DC. Matt, you're up next.
2: Yeah. Hey, um Real quick, um, looking at the score and and watching it and listening to it, there just seems to be only two possibilities. Uh, One, these men have quit on the coach. uh, Or two, these guys are just not NBA players. And each of those options seem to speak more towards the management, the GM, the coaching than the players, I mean, the players are either quitting or they're not, but they, uh, it, it, presumably they would go to another team and, and be able to produce. So I, I'm just concerned that either we have players quitting or just players that are just not NBA
0: caliber. Thanks, Matt. I, I think for tonight, it's a combination of both. I think big picture – the the uncomfortable conversation Kove, is they don't have enough NBA quality rotation players on this. Like, and, and look, you take Steph and Draymond away and, you know, again, this is not something that warrior fans like to hear necessarily. You take Steph away and think this roster is the worst team. They're the worst team in the league. If this team, if this version of the Golden State Warriors did, if you just said Steph Curry doesn't exist or is out for the season, you know, and doesn't play one game this is the worst roster in the NBA, Yeah. right? With with Clay Hurt and, you know, Draymond in and out and Wiseman trying to develop, like, just the current... And look, it was true last year, <laughs> quite literally. Right. And it's unfortunate. And, and look, I still maintain that this year is, you know, if you this group had to play a whole year with Steph playing five games, I think they'd win more than 15 out of 65. I do. But... I don't know that we saw last year a stretch as ugly as these last three games that they've had to play without Steph Curry in terms of just complete and utter lack of competitiveness. And that, to me, is alarming.
1: Yeah. And I think because there's also maybe been a little bit of putting too much of the onus on Steph on a nightly basis to come and just do the show and bail him out where last year you knew the cavalry wasn't coming. So if you didn't bring that requisite effort, you were you were going to get smoked. And most nights they did. But, you know, some nights they found a way to to hold it together. So I think that's certainly true. Um, And and look, you know, I'll, I'll say this because I know it's a lot of doom and gloom tonight. I know we're up against it, too, but I'll just say this you take away the top two players on any team because that's where the Warriors are at right now. You know, Clay out for the year, Steph, you know, when he misses time. And even tonight, you could say, you know, th- three of the top four, maybe Wiggins, Draymond, six of one, half a dozen of the other. But, you know, you start to take top three guys off of any roster – that team is in trouble. But there's a difference between a team being in trouble and not having the firepower to not get beat by 60 points by a team that's got two wins in like the last month. And that's what happened tonight. So there's a big difference between, again, losing because you're shorthanded and getting eviscerated. And tonight it was the latter. So that's what's more alarming to me. But it is a star-driven league. You take stars off teams. team Said team is in big trouble. Well, and, and we've talked about it from day one,
0: and, and we talked about it a lot leading up to this season and in the early going of the season. Boy, you know, this team, if, if Steph Curry got hurt, they'd be in big trouble. I mean, I can't tell you how many times in December and January I said, hey, if, the war, if Steph Curry has to miss two games and they go 2-8 and eight and they're basically a 500 team, uh, you know, that's going to wreck your season. And unfortunately, it hasn't been necessarily 10 all at once, but we're inching our way closer to that. We're at eight, and currently they're a one and seven. And if you just look at it, that's the difference between maybe being three and four games over 500 and being three games under 500. The the part, though, that is difficult is the lack of competitiveness. Because, again, you can lose and you can be under-talented. But I think the issue is, and Steve Kerr spoke to this, so we'll, we'll hear from, from the coach, but you get demoralized, I think, when a, te- when a team goes on a little bit of a run and you think, well, not overcoming that, pack it in. And that's where it gets uh, all, all the more difficult to, to continue to fight. And then I think once you see a game like the Sacramento game go awry, once you get behind big to a team like the Hawks, you know, then when it happens again, especially with, a game where Stephen Curry's wedged in there, a couple of them where he scores 36 and one, and he leads you to a victory in the other. You know, the, him being in and out, it, it it's hard not to to just have it put on blast in your mind that, you've got a better shot when he's out there and it's going to be tough. Like it, that, that's the tricky part. And how do you maintain competitiveness and focus and all those things when you're not going to have Steph Curry in the lineup? We'll keep it moving here. Eight at eight, nine, five, seven, nine, five, seven, zero. We will push. We're going to push the break because the people want to talk. We're going to, we're going to, we are, we are men of the people on this show. Uh, Let's get to, is it, Custom S, Custom S in Oakland. What's up, Custom S?
5: How you doing, guys? Hey, look, good listening to you guys. Listen, I just got one thing to say. Now, everybody's talking about how the Warriors, you know, we played really bad. Yes, we played like crap today. But you guys have to keep in mind, they played in Miami last night. Everybody knows. Everybody goes out there and they make this two-day two trip out there they party, these are young guys, they'll be fine. You know, these young guys yeah, out there. Yeah, that's not what just, this
0: is. Like, I'll I tell you right now, Custom S, I appreciate the call. They they went from Miami to Tampa, and, like, that's, like, last night. Like, they were not partying in Miami last night. Like, right. that did they not travel. happen. They 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 traveled. Like, they played the game. Now, it would be another thing if they had a night in Miami and then a day and then, you know, it, or if it was the other way around where you get a night off. Like, if, if there was any of that going on, it was going on Wednesday night before they played the game on Thursday night because that was the night that they were there. Or it was going on Tuesday when they flew to Miami and then they had practice on Wednesday. That wasn't going on last night. Like, I understand where you're getting at. And, and look, with, with the COVID situation – you know, obviously that's not going on like maybe it would be under normal circumstances, but it's not going on at all because they were on an airplane last night going from Miami to Tampa and and getting ready to play a game. Jim yeah. at San Jose. Hey, Jim. Hello? Go ahead, Jim. Hey, you're on 95-7 the game, Jim. Yeah,
5: I, I, I want to ask the question. Uh, what's the purpose of uh, keeping Steve Kerr around? He can only coach if you got three all-stars on the team, and if there's no all-star on the team he- – the, the team is um, is no good, like proven tonight. What's the purpose of keeping him around?
0: Because you think you're going to be a good team. Well, you think you can be a playoff team this year, one, and you think you can be a good team, maybe not the level you were before, but in between where you were before and where you are now next year, uh, that 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 can get into the playoffs and maybe make some noise. It, it's because you're not giving up on uh the next 5 years because you got Jordan Poole and James Wiseman. Yeah. All right, thanks thanks for the call, Jim. Sorry. No, I I I thought we, I thought Jim was still on the line, Covey. Sorry about no, that. Totally, I was not leaving no, you hanging. No, Wouldn't no, leave totally. you hanging there, brother.
1: No, 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 you're right. And and look, here here's the thing. Like Steve Kerr last year, the, you know, benefited the doubt across the board. I mean, it was an unprecedented sequence of events that saw the Warriors go from a team that was, you know, finishing off their fifth straight trip to the finals to a team that won 15 games, injuries, exodus guys moving on. It was, you know, you, you, it was a, a different, totally not only a different chapter in the book. It was like a totally different book. Okay. So he gets a, a, a complete pass for last year. In my estimation, maybe different for everybody. That's a subjective thing to each his own. He gets a total pass for me for that for last year. This, this is the year where Steve Kerr starts to begin to be critically evaluated again and how he's going to handle this. And look, for a good majority of this year, I got to tell you, I think he was actually handling it OK. The last couple weeks, things have been dicey. So in in my view, I'm not going to take a couple of weeks of dicey play where the team has really lost its way and throw that down the river and and compare that against five years of successful basketball, three NBA titles, and then just say, oh, well, no, clearly the guy can't coach. Of course he can. It's a different situation, very different circumstances than we had grown accustomed to for several years here when the Warriors had all that firepower, but Steve Kerr deserves the opportunity to try and figure this thing out and for these guys to adapt. Will it work out long term? Well, the good news is we'll find out. Only time will tell, but I don't think Steve Kerr's going anywhere, nor do I think he should, and I think your point's for Very well taken, J.D. This team still fancies themselves next year and and for the coming years after that to be in the hunt for a championship. And Steve Kerr has certainly shown he can be the man in in charge of a, a championship team. He's got pelts on the wall. So... It's it's frustrating right now in the short term because, you know, it, it's it doesn't look good. And, you know, when when the team loses the way it does tonight, everybody needs to be held accountable. And look, Steve Kerr's is not above reproach in all this. Like he needs to answer these questions and he needs to be held accountable. And if it continues like this, yeah, at some point that seat is going to get very hot and he should be out of here. But not right now. I think that's very premature. Well, eight 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 nine five
0: seven nine five seven zero. You can't just flip back and forth between coaches year to year, or the type of coach. Like th- this is something that you know, a lot of callers call in, and and well, the Warriors don't have the right type of coach. And I'm thinking, well, so if you say that, then you know, like they need to, they need a teacher, or they need somebody that's maybe going to be better at developing young players. Well. If you're saying that, then you're basically saying you want this team to be broken up completely. like it's it's it, because you're not you you don't go to a coach that can develop young players, but then can't, you know, maximize the talents of veteran players who are a, a couple of them, maybe three of them are going to the Hall of Fame and want to win championships. like you you ride it out and you get healthier and and you trust that you're going to be a, a quality enough team to move forward like the, the warriors don't have all this young talent is what i'm getting at to where they got to be that concerned with player development and if they really want to be committed to that then you know if it really becomes about you know the two picks that they may get and Wiseman and Poole and Mannion, well then then we're having a we're having an even more uncomfortable conversation because at that point Covey, we're, we're talking about is it time to start trading Steph and and Clay and Draymond? And I'm not saying that, but if that's the path you want to go, you know you want you want to hire a a, a Nate Bjorkin you know or you want or you want to hire the you know the Oklahoma City head coach and and decide that that's what you want to do fine but everybody else is out, is heading out the door at, at that point too
1: yeah, 100%. And I still think, you know, based on their payroll, based on all the moves that they've made, the type of moves that they've made in the past, over the past few years, this is still an organization that fancies its chances in 2021, 2022, to get back at least in the conversation in the Western Conference. Now, we can we can debate the relevancy of that statement in every game that passes lately. That seems to be further and further away. So I can understand why somebody might roll their eyes. But that certainly is the plan uh, for this organization definitely coming in to the season and and that's the other thing like okay yeah sure you know any team could move off of any coach at any time but steve kerr's not getting moved off mid-season first of all and so what are they supposed to do like you can't just change the plan mid-season and and really they can't do anything right now the trade deadline's passed so they're basically just gonna have to ride this out and and i actually you know what jd I actually, think that's a good thing. I do. Because this group needs to do a little soul-searching, okay? They need to f- either figure out if they're going to band together and, and get this season back on track, or if this thing is fractured and, and they need to make some serious hard decisions about guys like Draymond Green uh, and, and maybe you know even packaging uh, Andrew Wiggins and, and James Wiseman in that pick and going out and maybe trying to get another star or maybe you go a rebuild route. I mean, if, if the Warriors... Totally circle the drain down the stretch with Steph Curry in the lineup. Uh, And and by the way, I'll say on the front, I don't think that's going to happen. But if that were to happen, then all options are on the table. And then you reassess at the end of the season. Right now, though, they just got to worry about getting on a plane and getting to Atlanta and being competitive in their next game. That's all they can worry about right now. And then Bob Myers behind the scenes needs to be coming up with his master plan. But you can't do anything about it right now. What are you going to do? You can get in the buyout market right now? No, we know that. So this is where they're at until the end of the year, period. It's it's just a matter of
0: Steph, Clay, Draymond, Wiggins, Wiseman's gonna be around, Poole's probably gonna be around, and we we and then at that point, you pretty much need to remake the whole thing. You know, Nico Mannion can be around as a third point guard that maybe develops into a backup point guard someday. But at that point, like who are the the sixth and the seventh guys on your roster? You know, go find an Iguadala in a Livingston. I'm not saying it's easy, but I think that's the course that the Warriors believe they're on. That's the path. You know, and and sure they may have to integrate. Uh, a top five pick if the Minnesota thing hits. They may have a 15 pick uh, if you know this season continues to go the way it's going, or hell, it might even be closer to 10 if this thing continues to go the way it's going. So, so you'll have either talent added to this roster, or you'll be able to use those assets to, to go get veterans to add to this roster. But I think what where sometimes we get off track a little bit and and the callers can get off track a little bit is you've got, You got to improve the team, man. Like, there's, there's, we're talking three, four rot. Like, this team does need more talent, not only to get to a championship level, but to get to a five, six seed level. And Clay's part of that, and Wiseman's part of that, but the players that aren't currently on the roster are part of that as well.
1: Yeah, and and you're absolutely right. And that's where you know, in the last couple weeks of this season, guys like Damian Lee, Kent Bazemore, they could just be playing out their string of their Golden State Warriors tenure, and that's okay. Like, because you have to ask yourself seriously some of these guys and especially the way that they've played lately and really quite frankly for the majority of the season um you know you have to ask yourself are these the type of rotational pieces is this the type of talent that you see on teams that have you know playoff aspirations top four in the conference aspirations no look at the jazz roster the nuggets the lakers went healthy the clippers they got dogs man up and down those rosters
0: and you got to build it where you're so good that you can withstand Steph Curry not playing 10 games and you're not going to lose every game and halfway through you're starting to get beat by an average of 30 points every time you don't play with him. Yeah. Like,
1: that's the sweet spot. Even 4-6 yeah, yeah. is acceptable, but 1-9 and nine and getting eviscerated constantly is not. That's the
0: level that the Warriors have to, to get to and I think aspire to get to. And I think that's attainable. Like that's not that's not crazy, but that is also 100% you're keeping Steve Kerr around. Because here's the thing: no matter what you think about player development and 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 young players and all of that, if Steph and Clay and Draymond are still around. You want Steve Kerr coaching those three because the last thing you want is Steph Curry to be like, well, wait a minute, I'm not on board with that. Or Clay Thompson. Like, Steph Curry and Clay Thompson would be fuming if that if that happened <laughs> because it would indicate a, a turn in, in a different direction. Let's get to Tom and Sonoma. Tom, you're up next on Warriors Wrap Up. Hey,
2: guys. thank you for letting me speak. I got a question and a comment. The question is, what was the last team been beaten by 60 points in the team in the year? My other comment is, let's get real, man. Steve Kerr, he walked onto a great team. He got Durant down the road. This is his first two years of of trouble, and last year he only won 15 games, and this year they're struggling. But to me, it's a coach's job to motivate the players, man. When you're down, that's the time to dig deep and get them excited about playing more minutes. So I don't get it. I'm I'm beginning to think Curtin needs to go. Not now, but down the road. He's not for us. If you can't motivate the young players, then you can't develop them. What do you guys think, man? Thanks.
0: Yep, appreciate the call. I, I, like I want to know what young players haven't been developed that can't be developed. That are gonna be be you know these major impactful players down the line. Again, we're talking about three guys, but we're really talking about one. Right. Like, and they're all three really in their own tier. Uh, and, and no, no disrespect to Eric Paschal, he just looks like he doesn't fit. And I think Eric Paschal will go will go on and, and be. Uh, I think he'll have a place in the NBA. But for this roster currently, it, he just doesn't fit. And, and and so I I'm actually not even putting him in. in And he's kind of in his own category, if you will. But but Wiseman's the headliner with the most talent, and and, and you you need him. But he's just turned twenty years old, and he's a big. And those players take time to develop. Like I'm not. I'm also not freaking out about Wiseman. I know you're getting a little more concerned about it, and a lot of people are because it does look like it's getting worse, not better. Wiseman looks like he's in a worse place now. Than he was two months ago, right. and that's that's worrying, right? Like that is a problem, and that is a legitimate concern and question. But for me, I'm more concerned. I'm going to hold off on Wiseman until we get through the end of this year because I'm still going to give him an opportunity over the last 23 games to to be at a better place than he is now. To where fair. the that's final totally taste, yeah, the final taste in our mouth for this season, I still think can be completely different. Then he's going to get a, a normal offseason and a summer league and come back and get a full training camp, all things he didn't have this year coming into the rookie year. I mean, he got drafted and showed up the training camp, what, 14 days later, I think, or 13 days later. And then, you know, he was in the health and safety protocols basically until the season started. So, like, it was completely wiped out. And then I want to see him get the first maybe 20 games of next year under his belt. And at that point, if it if we're still having the same conversations, it, look, I don't feel like that's too far away. Like, we're talking season starts October 20. We're basically talking right around December 1st. You know, we're still talking in 2021. You know, we're talking right around the holidays. We're going to be looking at Wiseman. All right, where is he? Has he made a significant jump with the belief that maybe he can make another significant jump between that point and the end of next season? As far as Jordan Poole... And, and, and Nico Mann- like Nico Mannion's along for the ride. And, and I actually think for what Nico Mannion is as a player, he's actually coming along fine. Like, he, he's shooting the ball better than you'd think. He's not much of a defender. He's a, he's a good passer. Like, he, whatever. Nico Mannion's kind of whatever for me. Jordan Poole, you know, so far so good, actually. Like, where, what is Jordan Poole in his second year already making a jump from his first year in a significant one? Like, what is Jordan Poole not doing at this point that he needs to be doing like right. leading a team when Steph Curry's
1: out to wins by scoring 30 points. I mean, that ain't happening anyway. Yeah. Well, and there ain't any really too many people on this planet that can do that. Just pop in for Steph Curry and, and go for 30. And look, I agree with you. And it's why you said it the best. Wiseman's the headliner. Okay. Jordan Poole, you know, the Warriors could decide this offseason. They want to package him in a trade and move him somewhere else. Eric Pascal, I agree, probably doesn't fit. Nico Mannion, I mean, you know, he needs time in the G League to develop, and and then we'll see what kind of NBA player you have. It was never the plan, even when they drafted. It was never the plan for Nico Mannion to be part of this rotation this year. So, uh, It's I, a two-way
0: I, contract.
1: Yeah, exactly, <laughs> like period. So, you know, with that in mind, it's it's about James Wiseman. And, and as frustrating as it is, and, and look, the, the my – the crux of my concern comes from the regression because you want to see young players improving, getting more comfortable. And, you know, his his regression is also coinciding with the team collectively. There, There's just a bad vibe around this team right now. So that's where I'm, I'm a little bit iffy on Weissman. But I, I also will co-sign on the notion that he gets the rest of this season to figure it out because, look – when do you declare you know a player quote a bust or a reach or you know a disappointment based on where his expectations are this stuff takes time so I I agree I'm not losing my mind but all we can go on with James Wiseman is the evidence that he's presented us since he's been in the NBA and sure there was a lot of a lot of stuff around him coming into the league only three college games being so young the pandemic you know moving to the West Coast like all of that stuff then the COVID stuff then the injury stuff then the Miss test stuff, uh, and you know, it, there's been moments where he's shown, but you know, we're looking for some consistency here. Nobody's looking for him to be a finished product at 20 years old now. That's not realistic, but I think there's enough little things that kind of add up to. Uh Uh-oh, like, is this really going to work out? Now, thankfully, the guy's got a ton of skill, a ton of promise. And, you know, look, that's where you hope that he'll find his way, as a lot of young players do. But it's certainly not a a sure thing right now. And I think that's where the concern is, because I think everybody knows too, J.D., just how important, if the Warriors are going to have, you know, a couple more years in the playoffs on the back end of Steph Curry's career, the development and the contributions of James Wiseman are going to be paramount in those conversations. That's where the, the, the trepidation starts to come in for me.
0: Let's get to Durial in San Jose. Durial, what's up, man?
1: Wow. You know, a lot to
5: process. Uh, yeah. I agree with some of the stuff you guys are saying, some of the stuff the callers are saying and everything. But, you know, uh, just wow, man. Like, you know, uh, you know the Warriors, man. Uh, Steph Curry and everything. Draymond Green. Like, you know, Draymond, you know, he, he needs to keep having games like he had the last game, but he didn't show up at all. You know, and him and, him and, him and Curry – both this in the game, that's 50 points right there, man. You know what? Everybody's taking their best shot at the Warriors. It's like they're playing championship games every, every time they play because that's how teams are coming at them and everything. So all this talk about getting rid of uh, Steve Kerr and everything, like where is this coming from, man? Like this is how the Bay Area treats our champions and everything. Like we, we just throw them away. We talk about trading Wiseman after every bad game and everything. Like that's crazy, man. Like I can see why, you know, people might not want to come and play for the Warriors or stuff like that. You know, like, these guys, you know, we need our stars to be able to make it through a season. Like, Curry's not making it through no seasons, man. You know, Clay, he's not here. Draymond, he can't make it through a season either. Mr. Tuck, like, Draymond, he could tell these other guys, yeah, go do that. I need you to go do that. But can he go and do it himself? Is he going to step up and do it himself and everything? Like, you know, we got this season, like you said, we got to ride this season out, see what these guys are made of. See what we got. Maybe the bench can give us more than 20 points a game between all of them and everything like that. But, yeah, we need our players to step up and play, man. You know what I mean? We're paying them too much money. That's the bottom line and everything. All this talk about getting rid of Steve Kerr, you know, you win championships like that, that buys you a few years to, you know, not win no championships. It might buy you like five years and everything. You know what I mean? So, uh, you know, stick with it and everything. Tough game. You know, I lost some money on the game tonight. Tough stuff, man. You know, bet with my heart and everything. But, hey. (laughs) <laughs> you know we'll get a next game man it's still go
0: warriors thanks thanks I appreciate the call look it 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 here's what it it buys you at the very least the opportunity to coach another game with your 3 Core championship pieces like the 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 five straight finals buys you one game at least with those three after you're no longer in the finals, which still hasn't happened yet.
1: Yeah, look, Steve Kerr, I I can simplify things as it applies to Steve Kerr just a little bit here. Okay, acceptable is not winning basketball games when you don't have Steph, Clay, and Draymond at your disposal. That, acceptable, right? I think we can all agree. Unacceptable, losing by 60 to the Toronto Raptors. So, that's where the disconnect is, but Steve Kerr is certainly, and, and I co-sign 110%, I, I love Steve Kerr. Like, I, I think he he gets slept on as a guy that, you know, as far as his ability for X's and O's, and, and just to manage people, and just being a great head coach because he, quote, came into a cushy situation. Mark Jackson didn't win any titles. When Steve Kerr got here, that's when the team won 67 games and won an nba title next year 73 wins record for wins in a season so you know steve Kerr gets that and that was before kd even hit the building so steve Kerr gets credit for that for me and and look he gets the opportunity next year like you said jd to roll out there with clay with draymond with steph with even wiggins and however else they want to add to this team in the offseason he's going to get the opportunity to do that and rightfully so and guess what if, if they stink and it blows up, at some point, you know, you think Joe Lacob is, is going to sit around for a third consecutive year and watch this team be bad? No. At that point, they would move on from Steve Kerr, and probably rightfully so, but not any time before then because that would just be foolish.
0: Yeah, I need to see – I'm not entertaining any thought of Steve Kerr's departure until at, at the end of next season – at the earliest, the the end of next season. Well, I, I want to see the whole how it plays out because I I've got to believe if the if Clay comes back and Steph and Draymond are relatively healthy and they continue to add to this roster, it's going to be a playoff team next year. And and that and that keeps everything moving. Like I would I would bet that I may I may wind up coming up snake eyes, but I would I would bet I, I would roll the dice and gamble that it's a situation where that's a playoff team next year.
1: J- JD we've seen it this year without clay when Steph's healthy uh, and, and you know it still gotten... might happen yeah like they, <laughs> I mean... they're still in the hunt for the playoffs so I, I get it the the sky is not falling the troubling narrative tonight and why everybody's up in arms is again the difference between losing and getting embarrassed getting humiliated and they got humiliated tonight can I give everybody just a little bit of good news for a hot second right now Hawks up by 15 on the Pelicans in the fourth quarter and uh, the Lakers up by 12 against the Kings in the second quarter so but Potentially, Warriors don't even lose any ground tonight, and we keep it moving in Atlanta on Sunday.
0: Well, that that would be big. There, there's no doubt about it, uh, and uh, the Warriors are. I, I think that's big for another reason, and we'll see if those things hold up. And and for me, like I'm 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 on record, and I'm going to be on record, and I'm like there is not going to be a point where I am going to uh, say that the Warriors should move forward and pack it in and basically quit on this season. Like if now if Stephen Curry had a had an injury like last year where he's just out, okay, that's a different story. But as long as Steph Curry has the ability to 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 come back and play and and heal this tailbone thing and even if he's got to be in and out of the lineup and by the way they said before the game that that you know, he's probably going to be playing on on Sunday against the Hawks. As long as Steph Curry has an ability to play, let's say 20 out of these final 24 games or 23 games now uh, you know you're to me you're going for it because even if you slip out of the, the play-in, you're not going to slip so far back with the schedule that you have that you can't at least make a run for that. Who cares if it winds up being 34-38? Like, yeah. like, because of the level of competition beneath you, and, and you ran down a couple of those scores, you know, because of that level of competition, you're still going to be in the race. Like, the Sacramento Kings may catch and pass you at some point, but they ain't going to run and hide and be five games over 500 to where you can't catch
1: them. Right. No, you're right. Absolutely. So, again, still time. But at the the most recent evidence we've seen from this basketball team is they're in big time trouble right now. And especially if Steph Curry is isn't going to be healthy for any stretch in the remaining games. The good news is they've already said Steph playing on Sunday. So um, I already. And by the way, Trey Young was out tonight with a knee injury for Atlanta. Um, we'll see if he's even able to play on Sunday because no Trey Young and Steph Curry's back. I'll, I'll even say it. that's advantage dubs for me.
0: Yep, that's that's a winnable game right there. And then you get through the Milwaukee game, and you've got uh, what I think Washington and Houston after that. And yeah. you know, a week from now, we could be talking about, hey, the Warriors are five hundred. Maybe Sacramento drops a couple over the course of the next week. You might have a two-game lead uh, a week from tomorrow, and and a little bit of a cushion with that schedule uh, still ahead. Let's get to who's hot and who's not uh, tonight here before we pause. It's uh, sponsored by Exergen. Because accuracy matters, uh, I, I'm not – you can't – to me, it's all who's not. Like, I can't do a who's hot. Maybe Pascal Siakam for the Raptors. Are we allowed <laughs> to, to do a who's hot for the, uh, the opposing team? I think we are, right? Uh, yeah, we're making the rules for 24. Tonight. For uh four, I'm not I'm not giving anybody a who's hot for the Warriors tonight. You can't do it when you get beat by fifty-three and trail by sixty-one. Who's not uh for the Warriors? Well, it's everybody tonight uh was not hot. I know we touched on Jordan Poole, who has struggled of late. Three of fifteen. He grinded it out tonight, uh, but yeah, I mean these plus minus numbers it's
1: my goodness. Deplorable. Deplorable. I mean,
0: I mean, Jordan Poole minus thirty-two, Andrew Wiggins minus thirty-seven, Ubre minus thirty-seven. Damian Lee minus 36. Yikes. I mean, Damian that Lee is...
1: Damian Lee's been awful lately. Kelly Oubre has been awful lately. Those two guys right there in particular, like they they need to look in the mirror for a hot second because if if this team has any you know, if this team fancies itself uh you know, an opportunity to get back into that play in hunt and even be top 10 when the season's over. Yeah, Steph Draymond Very important that those guys are healthy and engaged, but they're going to need some help. Kelly Oubre, big time. Damian Lee to a lesser degree, but they could use some contributions from Damian Lee as well right now. Look, he played, what, last night, J.D.? He played 33 minutes, you know, at the two-guard in this lineup and, and only had three field goal attempts? Like, are you kidding me?
0: Yeah, that, that that's rough, and and he wasn't even out there initially in the rotation tonight, which I think was which was I kind of questioned it, but the game got away to a point where it really uh, didn't matter. All right, eight 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 nine five seven nine five seven zero. That's going to do it for the Warriors wrap up portion of the proceedings. That's the bad news. The good news, though, for you, the listener, is we've got a two hour edition of the Final Word coming up here on the other side of a quick timeout. We'll keep this conversation rolling. The calls, we've had a lot of them the last hour. We just did one hour plus, basically 70 minutes. Commercial-free. Why? Because the Warriors fans wanted to speak after this blowout loss to the Raptors in Tampa. We'll keep it rolling next. We'll trade seats. We'll play a fancy open. We'll play some Steve Kerr sound, which we didn't even get a chance to get to because we had so many calls and things to talk about. And then Brian Peacock is going to join us at 9 o'clock. We'll switch gears and talk some football uh, between now and 10. So the final word is coming up. Uh, Warriors lose tonight to the Raptors 130-77. to 77.